Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. And so it's this interesting struggle of, is there a space to cut something out? Do I have to cut something out? Or have I just created a hobby that kind of actually looks like a business? Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. Hi, everyone. My guest today is Erica Goody. I wanted to have Erica on the podcast to do an on-air coaching call because I know that she struggles with a lot of the same struggles as so many other listeners. And a number of you have mentioned to me just how much you enjoy these on-air coaching calls because they're real, they apply, and you can hear some of the same threads and stories that run through your own life. Today, we're going to talk about low-value and high-value work and the trade-off of fulfillment. I'll let Erica tell you more about that challenge. But first, if you are interested in doing an on-air coaching call, know that you can apply to be a guest. If you're interested, you can go to my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com, and on the homepage, scroll down and you will find an application button to apply for on-air coaching. If I think your topic might serve other listeners, I would love to have you on the show. And because it takes a good deal of vulnerability and courage to be willing to do an on-air coaching call, it's something I happily do for free for women who are willing to be vulnerable in this way. I hope you enjoy this on-air coaching call with Erica Goody. Erica, welcome to the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's jump in with this piece around trying to wrap your head around high value versus low value work versus fulfillment. So talk to me about how this is showing up right now for you. Okay, so um, because this, so let me give you background on um, where I am in business. And so probably I've been in an accidental business for about two years. And that was just that I was a corporate finance person and left my job, wanted to be stay at home, um, which was totally my choice, totally like goal setting, wanted to do that, happy to do that, that um, I'm still staying at home, but was feeling like I needed some career fulfillment. And I accidentally picked up a bookkeeping client. And then I started getting referred to other people. So now I have this small handful of bookkeeping clients. Um, I learned, I taught myself QuickBooks Online, took all the trainings, got really technically savvy in that just so I could do it well and do it fast. And 
um, help my clients. And so I have a few of these clients. Bookkeeping is not my background. I'm a CPA, so I'm very capable of doing it. But what I was doing in corporate was very financial planning and analysis, strategic finance, uh, budgeting, forecasting, long-range planning, all of that, and which is really where I, I loved loved what I was doing. I didn't leave my job because I didn't like what I was doing at all. Um, so I, that's the space that really makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And so while I have these bookkeeping clients, I want to kind of evolve that into getting clients who are looking for and can afford this strategic vision in finance. And so that's kind of my, that's where my business is at right now. Um, and it's small and I only have X number of hours to work per week because I've still got a four-year-old at home with me. Um, and then another who's in um, elementary school. So as they grow up, so will my business. And so the other piece of that is just for context. Um, I'm going to say that today is April 16th. We are at least I am four weeks into coronavirus stay at home. Yeah. And so on the other side of you're talking high value, low value. Uh, what I do as a hobby is I also have a blog as a hobby. And it's just this very you know, stream of consciousness. I have a few hundred followers. Um, It's really, it's not about money. And it's just something that I'm doing. We moved across the country and I started this blog as I moved for people to continue to follow us and to just kind of talk about why we moved. And so it's really just a hobby. Now, as we're four weeks into coronavirus and we're three weeks after new legislation has passed, all of these CARES Act, Family First Act, all of this money stuff is coming onto the table. It's just, it's coming on hot and heavy and lots of people have questions about it. There's lots of things um, floating around about it. And so I, in general, in business, uh, really like to relate to people. I've, I've had people tell me, oh, you're not scary when you talk about money. Just things like that where oh, I don't, I'm not afraid to ask you questions or you don't make me feel dumb. And that's um, just, I don't know, I, I just talk in real words. And so as all this legislation was coming up, I started kind of pivoting that hobby blog I have into something that was more um, just trying to push understandable money information out. I was doing that and getting some response and people were finding it very helpful. And so now I'm in this thick of like, I really, from my heart, really want to I want to help all the people, you know, and I know that's like, you can't help all the people. Um, But I do have a passion for just putting really understandable information out there. And so I've been doing that and I've been enjoying it. Um, uh, Again, not as a a profit facing entity or anything, really just as a hobby and enjoying helping people and helping my friends and just talking people through things as all this confusing financial information is coming out. And so I've been enjoying that. Um, And so I'm trying to, where I'm at right now is trying to match up and kind of take that all in is that I have something that I can see as very profitable in my business and my business is profitable. And I think I could make it more profitable by niching down and going after high value work that's in the more strategic finance arena and financial advisory. But then I have this other area of my heart that I'm just like, well, I just want to, I just want to be out there and help people. And I'm totally okay with actually that being completely unprofitable. And it's this kind of struggle of how does your brain wrap around 
the fact that you have something, we have two things that bring you joy. One is, uh, can be very profitable and, and is a business. And one is literally not making me any money, but also bringing me equal amounts of joy. Um, because obviously if you read the pumpkin plan, which I just did recently, they would tell you to cut out the thing that isn't profitable and focus on the thing that you do and you're good at and people know you for. And so it's this interesting struggle of, is there a space to cut something out? Do I have to cut something out? Or have I just created a hobby that kind of actually looks like a business, looks like my business that's centered around the idea of money, but it's actually, it doesn't actually have to have anything to do with my business. It can just frankly be a hobby. Okay. So you've got multiple pieces here. You have this piece around one aspect is profitable. One aspect is more hobby. They both bring you joy and yet there's a struggle. So what's inside the struggle? This is a little bit of inner psyche of, I always, I'm always after doing the right thing or quote, what am I supposed to be doing? And so when I read something like the pumpkin plan that gives me pretty clear trajectory in a direction, like here's what you should do. And I agree with most of it. Like, yeah, that sounds like it's on point. And then I have this thing where it contradicts what I think I should do. I don't like, I, I'm a very shocking, a CPA who likes to be by the book. (laughs) (laughs) I like to be by the book and I like to follow the rules. And so where I'm, I see myself not following the rules. It like, you know, it makes me take a step back and like, Ooh, I shouldn't be doing this. Uh I think my question is how do they fit together? And maybe my question should be, do they fit together or do they not fit together? And it's okay to have two separate things that bring you joy that happen to be around the same topic, but they're actually not related. It sounds like what you're looking for is clarity around, do these two elements work together, like you say, but it sounds like what you're rubbing up against is that they kind of actually don't fit together, but it's confusing because they seem like they should fit together. Then what next? I think just defining whether or not they're related and then giving myself permission to either move forward in two separate directions simultaneously, which sounds like a disaster because when we're more focused, we can get further. And so it feels like I'm giving myself permission to be duly focused, which seems less productive. And so it's a struggle of, is that the right thing to do? Because I like to do the right thing. Sure. You're getting a whole lot of inner psyche right now. It almost seems to me like it's not really about the, the two separate pieces. There's something deeper going on, right? That it's really about, I mean, the thing you keep saying is doing the right thing. You've said that at least twice. And I've also heard you say, give yourself permission twice. So what permission do you really need to give yourself? That it's okay to do what I want to do. And that's probably, that's probably a theme in my life. That's not specific to this. That's, that's something that's recurring in my life. A lot of big decisions that have been countercultural, like leaving your six figure corporate job is not a normal thing. And that took probably a year of inner turmoil of like, am I allowed to do something that's countercultural? Where else does this show up in your life? I don't know. We just moved across the country to Idaho. That's pretty weird. 
picking up your entire lives and moving 1600 miles is a little countercultural. I don't know. Not if you live in Montana, but maybe. Well, to people in Chicago, it's pretty countercultural. <laughs> it's all perspective, right? Yes. <laughs> so what's really difficult for you about giving yourself permission to do the things that are countercultural? I feel like I, I, I seek out a lot of resources and advice and knowledge and I look for that to give me direction. And then when my mind goes in a slightly tangent kind of way, like I take that information and then I twist it and I'm like, oh, and this is how it works for me. My mind also goes back and go, yeah, but that's not what it said. Like it's very, my mind works very structured on rules and following the directions I've been given. And so when I come up with something that feels good to me, that's a tangent off of that, that feels wrong. And I don't like to be wrong. When we first started talking, the very first thing that came to my mind was this picture of getting your head and your heart to be aligned. That your heart tells you one thing, but then your logical brain that wants to do the right thing is like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. What comes up for you when I say that? That I'm constantly telling myself no. Because I haven't seen anybody. Mm, here's a really good example that... Um, that <laughs> just popped into my head and this will be so relevant. One time when I was in my corporate career, um, I was probably, probably, let's see, my daughter was probably two years old at the time. And I was in this big Fortune 50 retail company. And you know, when you're a woman in finance, you are in a boys club. You are sometimes the only woman in the room. You are sometimes the only woman sitting at the table. Um, and I had no problem with that. Like it actually never bothered me. I was you know, I was, I was this eight-year-old playing baseball with all the boys when I was little. So that, that never um, bothered me until I needed somebody to look up to. And all around me, I was looking for that corporate VP, female mom role model mm. who was still valuing her family time and not working eight days a week. And I remember in my sitting with my boss who was a man, but who was super on board with just being realistic. And I remember saying to him, I said, it really bothers me that there's not like, where is the female role model that I'm supposed to look up to? Where am I? Like, there's nobody here. And I kind of named off a few people that we knew. And I said, well, she works until 10 o'clock at night. She stays in the, and you know, another person stays in the office until seven. Like, who am I supposed to look up to? I want to be this mother and this highly regarded in my corporate career, but I also want to put dinner on the table. And I really struggled with that. And I kind of said, it makes me really mad. I have nobody to look up to at this company. And he goes, if there's nobody to look up to, maybe you're supposed to be that person who acts like that, that other people look up to. And I didn't like that when he said it, because I just wanted somebody to look up to. (laughs) I just needed a mentor and I needed a role model. And that conversation has just run through my head for probably, oh gosh, six years at this point now. Like maybe you just need to be the person who everybody else is looking to be. And I think maybe that's where that head and heart aligning is that disconnect is that my heart has an idea and my brain is looking for someone to copy, right? And nobody exists for me to copy. Oh, because copying feels like if somebody else has done it, there's a rule, there's a path set, I can mimic it, it is right. Um, 
I give myself permission because somebody else has paved that path and it seems like the right thing to do. And so when I find myself in new territory where I have to pave my own path, then I have to trust myself and I have to be okay with being, being the person that is the person I'm looking to look up to. That was a deep, Whew. <laughs> I feel like we just had a therapy session. <laughs> so that's a big story for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can feel it through the screen, right? Like that's a story that how many of us can relate to. And at the end of the story, you shared, I might just need to trust myself. And you shared this piece about the rules, almost like the rules give you a container of safety and permission. So where do you think would be most helpful to go from here? I don't know. Like, honestly, like it's just saying all that out loud and being like, you just need to be okay with being you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like we all do. We all just need to be okay with being different than the person sitting next to us or the people you see on social media. Yeah. Your coworkers, your mom. Sometimes we compare ourselves to our mom. And it's funny because I love to encourage women to like, you do you, you be yourself. And like, look at me listening. You just listen to me have all of these uh, inner turmoils of all that things, all those things that I encourage other women to overcome. As my friend Jody Flynn says, that sometimes we teach what we need to remind ourselves of. Mm -hmm. Amen. So what's going to help you be okay with being you? I think it just has to be that constant reminder. And you know what, maybe, and because here's, here's what I'm good at. I'm really good at making a plan for myself, whether it be for the week or um, for the year. Like I love to sit down and write things out and plan things out and, you know, vision, vision board and, and do that. Like it gives me, it gives me the path and the rules that I'm looking for, only I made the rules. And I think this is just one of those situations where I get to sit down and accept that this is the path I've laid out. And then I get to follow that path, right? Like I, I can choose because I'm a person that I'm going to do one thing that's really high value and I can chase that business venture. But then I can also agree that it's okay to go down really low value, actually more ministry work, where it's like, I'm going to give away a whole bunch of free information because I just frankly want to help people. And that's okay. And actually those two things are for now me as we've talked through it. And as I prepared for this call is like, it's very clear that those things are so not related, even though they're both about money. Anybody else would be like, Oh, you talk, you talk about money. So they're the same thing. No, no, no. Like to me, those are so very different things. And I get to have a business about money. And I also get to have a hobby about money. And it's okay if that hobby actually costs me money. As long as I decide, well, this is going to cost me something, time and money. And it's actually not at all related to this thing that is going to make me money. And I can do both of those things because they both bring me joy. And I actually don't have to choose one of those. Yeah. It's not either or. Mm -mm. It's both at once. It's just, it, it's hard because sometimes our hobbies look like work and we have to define which one it is, right? Like 
my husband likes to play flag football. That's really obviously a hobby, right? Like nobody's going to look at him and be like, oh, you should be making money doing that. <laughs> yeah. But when somebody's like, I like to sew, you know, I like to sew things. I don't like to sew things. I mean, I can't sew, but it's not a consistent hobby. But somebody might look at that and be like, oh, you could make money selling your things. And that person will go, yeah, I could. But does that person want to make money selling sewing things? Or does that person actually just enjoy sewing and she's totally okay with giving her stuff away or just making it for family? Like we have to decide what, what is the point of the thing we're doing? And for you, it's been somewhat opaque because there's overlap. There's not as clear a distance or a line or a demarcation between your hobby. Mm -hmm. And I actually have probably, so I've had this hobby blog for almost a year now, and I've actually very specifically, somebody who loves talking about money has not said the word money or talked about money for almost a year. Oh, and as I think like, why would I possibly have avoided the thing that I love to talk about? And I think it's because up until that point, it felt like if I talked about it, then I had to monetize it and I had to sell something about it. And I had to, I don't know, somehow make it productive or profitable or because it's what I was trained to do, then it felt like I had to market it. And I don't. It can be okay to just, to just enjoy what you do and to decide that it's not going to be productive or profitable. But it's going to be low value for me and high value for everybody else. And that's what my heart is for in that aspect. Yeah, over in that arena. Mm -hmm. Which is totally different how I feel in my other arena. I, like in my business venture, I'm very big on charging. And I won't say what I'm worth because I just listened to your podcast about not tying my worth <laughs> to what I charge. I am very big on... I am very big on charging the market rate for what I do and my expertise in that arena. You know, my feelings on giving away something for free in, in this one arena is literally the exact opposite of how I act and what I do in this business arena, which is where it's like, I am going to charge what I should be charging based on market rates and my expertise. I have a very clear delineation now of that, that dichotomy existing. Awesome. You answered my next question, which was going to be where we started was trying to wrap your head around this whole tangle of high value versus low value work versus fulfillment. So where are you with that now? And what clarity do you still need, if any? I find fulfillment in both arenas. That's something I will always come back to. And I'll call it joy, right? Like choosing joy or fulfillment. To me, those are very similar. And it's like, the moment you stop feeling fulfilled or filled with joy in what you're doing, then you really need to ask yourself, why are you doing that? Or how, how should we tweak that so we can get joy out of it? And so when I think about those, both those arena, like those both meet that test. If both of these things bring me joy. I've already, you know, come to terms that like one is low value, one is high value. Both are high value for the people receiving them, right? <laughs> yes. Um, both bring me and joy. Potentially even, and potentially even high value for you in the fulfillment, in the fulfilling nature of it. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think at this point, it's just a matter of mapping out that plan so that I can feel like I have something to follow. Yeah. Because I'm not going to find it from anybody else. Because you're blazing your own trail, my friend. Oh, man. I feel like I need to stand on Pride Rock when I say that. <laughs> 
So what support are you going to need in mapping this out? I know what I'm going to run into roadblocks. I'm really good at, um, well, right now I need time. I don't know how everybody else is feeling in the midst of sheltering in home, but I feel like I am missing out on a little bit of alone time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's at a premium right now, isn't it? Yes. And so, uh, so that's one of my first roadblock is just going to be needing to find the time to, to really dedicate it and map out this vision and what that looks like and the plan. And I'm actually pretty, I feel like I'm pretty good at mapping out the plan. What I think I'll run into is like the technical aspects or the research aspects of as I grow my business into an arena that I know technically well, I don't know what exists in the market and what, um, where to find clients who are looking for that particular product or service. And then uh, I just, I don't know where to find market rates on that. So right now, how I've built my prices is an hourly rate plus, plus all of my software costs, plus a little buffer overhead. And I come up with this monthly rate so that I know based on how much I know I'm going to work for this client on each month, I can charge them this right rate and make sure I'm covering what I think I should be covering. But as I grow into that more expertise, financial strategic finance space, that hourly rate is going to not be applicable anymore, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the value of expertise is going to overtake the amount of work that, that I'm actually spending hours. Like I, sh- I can't judge my price on my hours anymore, right? I, can't, I, I think I can on bookkeeping a little bit because there's pretty standard rate out there or rate range. But where you get into this kind of new arena and new territory of, of bigger value stuff, I just don't know. I don't know where to find that or how to price that. Yeah. Again, looking for the rules out there. Yep. Always looking. Always, always <laughs> looking for someone to tell me what to do. <laughs> so there's more to be done here. There, There's this piece around the future steps, right, of, you know, what you need is time and the time and space to map out the vision and a plan. And then you have some questions kind of farther down the road about the logistics, if you will, of like how to set it up and how to price it and stuff like that. One thing at a time. And of course, sounds like a conversation around value-based pricing, um, but first things first. So just in the interest of like this piece around the high value, low value and fulfillment, is there anything else that you need here for today? Are we good? You know what? Honestly, I did not expect this to go down this route. I did not expect this to be a therapy session. It was so good. Believe um, me, I need some therapy. Coaching, not therapy. <laughs> no, it is coaching. You're right. You're right. But um, I talked way more than I thought I was going to talk. <laughs> but you asked all the right questions, Geraldine. You always do. No, I mean, I feel like I will walk away from this conversation having given myself permission to do something that I'm not seeing everybody else doing. And that's what I need need now in this moment. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. What's been most helpful? Hearing you uh, repeat my patterns to me. Hmm. When you say things like, well, you've repeated this twice, literally in this conversation have repeated this, these words. I don't realize that. And so when you call it out and say, you're repeating this, like I can look at that and be like, well, that is how I feel. And that's how this feeling is controlling how I'm acting. Yeah. And that's why I'm getting the result I am because this, this action is or isn't happening because of how I'm feeling. And if I can address that feeling, 
then I can change the action in my business, right? Yes. And I will like splice that a little bit to say that you actually didn't mention how you feel inside of you and you're conflating your thoughts with your feelings, right? And your thoughts are the rules and their permission. And the feelings would be along the lines of, you didn't mention what they were, at least I didn't hear any come out, but anxious, compressed, overwhelmed, stressed, whatever. I don't feel any of those things actually. Like the, the rules give me comfort and, and I, without them, I don't feel anxious or confused or anxiety. I actually just feel like, like lost. Mm. Like, what do I do next? Yeah. And it's not, it's not a bad feeling. I'm just looking for, looking for the instructions. I lost the instruction manual. It's got to be here somewhere. (laughs) I'll find it and then it'll be okay. And then I'll just do what the instruction manual says. Yeah. The rules provide safety for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's success going to look like for you? I think that's been a recurring thing since I, since I left my corporate career is like choosing joy always choosing joy. And as long as I keep choosing joy, we will be okay. How do you feel right now? I feel very enlightened about myself. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Erica, thank you so much for coming on the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Geraldine. Thank you so much, Erica, for coming on the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. The story that Erica told about not having anybody to look to. There were no role models around her. And the idea that her boss said to her, you need to be the one to light the way for the others behind you really struck a chord for me. Many of us have very few, if any, people to look to for how to do it. We don't see women who look like us, who have done it before us. There have been, though, women who have been lighting the path in their own way before us. And I hope this conversation helps you build your own path and light the way for the younger woman who follows behind you. If you think there's a way I can help you, I would love to connect. You can put 15 minutes on my calendar. Just visit my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com, where you can schedule time with me. There are ways that I can help you even in just 15 minutes. So I hope you'll take me up on the offer. All right, everyone. Have a great week. I will see you next time. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.